BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? I'm back on the podcast. Um, took a couple weeks off because I was traveling. Just want to give a big shout out to all my homies in the UK. I absolutely love you guys. Another, another unbelievable, life-changing, life-altering experience in the UK with a group of really um, great people to be around. Um, just a lovely, great turnout. Um, just incredible event. Absolutely incredible. Big shout out to my friend Will Atherton who came out and introduced me and uh, supported me and everyone else, Jill, Holly, um, my wife and and everybody, my in-laws, the whole, the whole crew that we travel with. It was an amazing experience. Absolutely incredible. Can't even put it into words. Um, just the love and, and, and change and the tears and the and everything that goes into it uh, behind the scenes and the motivation and inspiration. People from different countries, from Portugal and Netherlands and all over Europe have come up to me and said, Hey man, the last time I saw you, uh, you know, you've pushed me to, to go train more dogs and start my company and do big things and be happier. And it's just, it's a huge, it's more than just training dogs, you know, the events that we do. And so this is amazing podcast. We're back on the grind. Um, this is something that a lot of dog owners definitely, definitely deal with. Um, for sure. It's about just understanding a very, very, very simple, basic formula to help you out with whatever dog problems that you're having. We've gone over this before in different ways, but this is a dog owner that's just as frustrated as the last one about the things that their dog is doing, but, you know, comes into the face of like, oh crap, I forgot that I didn't do these things. And that's what we're going to go over in this video or in this uh, podcast. Sorry. Uh, Australia, I'm coming to you guys in November. I'm very excited to get over there. Uh, we're, we just added another location in Brisbane. Um, so I think there's one working spot in Brisbane. I can promise you that, well, can't promise, I guess, but I can, uh, there's going to high likelihood, um, by next week, this time that working spot will be taken. It'll be sold out. Um, Sydney is sold out the, the central coast. And then, uh, in Melbourne, I think we have another one working spot left audit spots where you guys come and watch. Um, just to clarify, my friend Force Mickey is joining me in Melbourne and in the Gold, or the Central Coast area, in the Sydney area. It's about an hour away from Sydney. Um, and then I'm flying solo to Brisbane to do a seminar. It's going to be on my birthday. It's also going to be on the American Thanksgiving. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be the first time I've ever done a seminar uh, on my birthday, probably be the last too. It just falls that way. We just said, screw it, let's do it. So I hope you guys can make it out. It's going to be uh, a really good time. I'm excited to hit the stage again with my friend Forrest. All the tickets and information is in the description below. Uh, and at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. So if you guys want me to answer your questions, head over to the iTunes review chart, leave a review, and I'll answer it next episode. So once you listen to this, at the end, you'll get some more information uh, about dogs so thank you guys for listening enjoy this podcast good to be back hello 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 jodine hi hi yes it's me how you doing i'm <laughs> i'm sitting here stressed this is worse than trying to take some kind of a test for, <laughs> for school <laughs> don't be stressed 
<sighs> What's going well, on? Oh, yeah. Dog, uh, I rescued him when he was about two and a half weeks old and bottle fed him. So that's the first thing is he's very attached to me. Very protective. He's um, about three quarters or two thirds pit bull and one third American bully. So he has that gene. And he's, um, you know, when he, for some reason, as I was in between feeding him when he was a baby with the bottle before he got sick, um, he, I kept getting these, um, uh, YouTube videos to watch from some guy named Tom Davis. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh. So I started, you know, I did a lot of work with him and he's, he's pretty good, but he's got a few weird issues that I'm not sure. I taught him recall using the e-collar mm -hmm. and he was just perfect. I mean, it was, I guess he was close to a year old and he's real good with that except this one time and i just did it on vibrate and or the buzzer that was you know that worked great but this one time at this park we go to it's an off-leash park he took off and chased a truck that was clanking and making noise and there's not it's a private park but the work trucks go up in it so he he was chasing that truck and he I figured I had about a second and a half to react and I, he wouldn't turn, he wouldn't answer me. So I hit the, the shock feature and he kind of flew up in the air a couple feet, but he came right back to me. And that was the last time he did that kind of behavior. Um, now, so he's real good. We don't, I don't need the e-collar. He wears it when we go to this park and that's the only time I use it. The prong collar, the same thing. He he was real good, but he sees a squirrel. He will pull, and he doesn't care about getting corrected. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's any. If I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm sure it hurts because I'm I'm yanking him. If there's, if I see some, if I don't see something and go another direction. And he tries to pull. I mean, it's it's got to hurt him. So I don't know whether I should discontinue that, or use the e-collar with a with the correction while we're walking. So you're talking about him just pulling? He will pull. This is weird. He is obsessed with sprinklers, lawn sprinklers. He will, he will pull away from me. If I don't see a sprinkler and go another direction and he sees it, he will attempt to kill it. I mean, to attack it and okay. eat it. It's crazy. So my, my, my mode is go another, I have to go another direction. But if I miss it, it might as well be a cat. Okay. So I don't know whether, you know, and I've had to yank him. I mean, he's, tried to pull me so hard before like he wants to get it if it's a neighbor's yard and five or six seven houses down I just I go ahead and yank the prong and then we go another way and, and until I get him out of the visual line then he calms down got it so I don't know if I should be doing that with an e-collar um well it depends it's it's the you know the equipment is is it, it definitely helps, but you got to remember the equipment is just uh, a, a kind of a, an extension of you as a handler. So, yeah. um, how how much time have you spent on on teaching him how to heal, like the actual command? Uh, we we <laughs> it's not perfect. We do that. I do that when I walk him, and I get him. I've gotten him to uh, respond to the word "look" and focus. To, to look up at me and get mm -hmm. a little treat to keep him staying with me. I know I'm not consistent. Um, I will let him get a couple of feet ahead of me. When he gets a little bit tired after maybe half a block, he stays with me much better. So what about heel? But it's not how perfect. Much, how much time have you spent on heel? Oh, not, no, not enough. Okay. I mean, I use the word and I try to keep him there. 
but I don't do it day after day after day. So, yeah, no, I understand it. And I guess, yeah, I mean, (laughs) that's, that's really what it, what it boils down to is in this, this happened, this equation is like clockwork. Uh, and it's like, Hey Tom, I have a dog. Um, and, and this is something I tell all my clients all the time, and you know, uh, it, it's common, but it, it, it's it's important for dog owners to know, so it doesn't become mundane or anything. It's just it, it's it is uh, a thing that happens often. Where, hey, time I have this dog, I have this problem with this dog. It's like, okay, how much time have you spent on teaching the dog how to not do this problem? Zero or very little. So, and if, okay, that's it. So the the question so really the, the answer is to keep him to keep him next to me at all times in the heel, nope. then I wouldn't, he wouldn't be wanting to bolt. Nope. <laughs> eventually. Nope. So it's simpler than that. So okay. it, it's like, I think just the context of this behavior for some dog owners is difficult, but let me explain. Like <clears throat> if you're, if you haven't taught your dog how to recall, if you haven't taught your dog how to come back. So it's like with kids, it's like, I, my, my kid doesn't know how to ride the bike. My kid doesn't know how to go up the stairs. My kid doesn't know how to say, please. All these things are things that need to be taught and it's assisted by you. So you're teaching them how to do this. So if you're, Hey, my dog won't come back. Okay. How much time have you spent on developing the recall? Zero. That's why your dog won't come back. And this is the same equation for pulling is my dog pulls on the leash. It's like, okay, your dog has four legs and a prey drive and you have two legs. So your dog's naturally always going to walk faster than you. So it's, it's natural. But if you haven't taught your dog how to walk on the leash, your dog's never going to walk on the leash. And that's, that's what, that's what the equation you're dealing with is, is you haven't taught your dog what you want your dog to do alternatively. You're what a lot of dog owners do, including probably what you're doing too, is you're just waiting for the dog to get to the end and you're hoping they don't pull super hard. And then you're yanking them back and you're pulling them back and you're frustrated and you're probably yelling and all that stuff. And it just doesn't make any sense. So the reality is, is your dog is pulling on the leash because you haven't taught your dog how to walk on the leash. That's it. Okay. Now, when you say, I mean, I know about teaching him that he needs to be taught more or taught better to walk on the leash. What's the, I don't, for better word, what's the punishment? Just stop me stopping on the walk and he does not get to go forward? Uh, It could be. It could be. But punishment outside of like, well, I guess this could be under that. And I don't mean that category. word. That's not. I, you know, it's probably not the right. Well, word no, it punishment. is. It is the right word. It's. It's. What do we do? Correct. How do we hold a dog accountable for pulling us down the road? Yeah. It is the right word. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, is you don't want to punish him for something he doesn't know what he's doing is wrong. So again, like, look at the dog's point of view when he comes out. He sees a squirrel or a bird or whatever he's into. And then he lunges and he said, that seems interesting, like a kid seeing an ice cream truck. If you don't have the ability to say heal, and I go, oh crap, I got to heal, then the punishment won't matter. See, that's what I'm trying to say is it's like, it's this most, it's the simplest, simplest um, equation that you could think of. It's just some, sometimes it's so simple that people have a hard time grasping it is, your dog is not doing what you want him to do because he doesn't like if you punish him what are you punishing him for you're punishing yeah, him for pulling want. okay what what does that mean to him that only means something to you because he's going to go towards the the squirrel and you're going to yank back on him and he's going to have no idea why zero because the heel like let's put it this way if you taught a dog fundamentally how to sit which that means they put their butt on the ground And in the beginning, you can use food lure and tons of positive reinforcement and make it lovely and wonderful and the dog loves it. Great, good, grand, cool. But, and then they understand sit. So now fast forward two weeks and you say, hey dog, sit. And they go, nah, I don't really want to because there's something going on over here. And then they get a correction. Well, because they fundamentally knew what sit was because you practice it and you brought them through the steps, the punishment is like, oh, right, crap. Okay, back into a sit. 
But right now, if you punish him, but what's the punish? Okay, but what's that punishment? Right, um, a, a pull could, on the could, on the prong collar could be anything. Could be your voice. It could be the prong collar. It could be the gentle leader. It could be the e collar. It could be slip harness. It could be anything. But the punishment is the the smallest. You could use anything in the. You could use a, a truck for punishment. It doesn't. That doesn't matter. You can't punish a dog for doing something they don't know is wrong. They're not going to understand it. It's just going to scare them. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so you yeah. have to work. You have to go back down to the basics because the 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 question really is: Is my dog pulls on the leash so bad and it sucks? But your dog doesn't know how to walk nice. You haven't taught your dog how to walk nice, which is the heel command. Because if I go back to the basics, yeah. Well, that's that's it. I mean, it happens. It it happens like it's like clockwork. Like your dog doesn't know heel. That's why your dog is pulling you. They don't know any better. They don't know how to walk. They, you haven't taught him how to walk nicely in in a in a heel with with using like a behavior. So heel is the same thing as. It's the same type of behavior as sit and come and down and place and stay. Heel is let's walk nicely. And you have to develop it. This is what heel is, buddy. And you have to develop it over time. So when you go out and you correct your dog for healing, they're going to go, oh, right, I'm supposed to be on a loose leash. But right now I can teach you 155 ways to correct your dog. But if your dog doesn't know why they're getting punished, it's not going to work. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've got to basically start over. And I will say, every other day, I go through lows with him. And he is so good. And I can say heal. And I can do the focus and look up at me and give him the treat. And he stays and he walks nicely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then my neighborhood has a sprinkler. You know, it's like... Mm -hmm. That worked real good. Going through the lows works works fine, but then we change the environment, and somehow that until he gets a little bit tired, going you know several feet down the street, then he calms down and he stays in the heel. I I shouldn't say it's not a perfect heel because I do let him get about a foot ahead of me. Maybe I should keep him right at my heel, but I I. Yeah, I know it's. I know, you know I, it's just. I guess I just. It's just going to be almost starting over, and the consistency of of doing this from the beginning. Yeah, and I think starting it, starting over is good because that means you get you get a fresh start because it'd be really a different conversation if you were doing all the right things because if you're doing all the things wrong, it's easy to get better. So, I just yeah. I just think like. You're just doing the wrong things. It's like, hey, I've you know my car won't start. I've tried all these things. I'm like, did you put gas in it? And you're like, oh, no. And that's what you're doing. It's exactly what you're doing. You're like, hey, my dog pulls. I don't get it. My dog is pulling on the leash. It's a you know. And I'm like, does your dog know how to walk nicely on a leash? No. That's the very, 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 very first step. So that's what I'm saying is you're overlooking the most basic step. So it's not that we have to reset everything. It's you just have to start. I don't think you have to start over. You just have to start. And right now you haven't started. When you're in Lowe's, think about it from the dog's point of view. When you're in Lowe's or Home Depot and you have treats on you, everything else around your dog's for an environment, your dog doesn't care about. That's why, or, or I shouldn't say that, you have more value than the things around you. So if you have a piece of food, your dog looks away and sees some random person picking up a two by four, pushing a cart, your dog's going to look back at you and get paid. And your dog is going to go, this is great. I'm going to keep engaged with you. I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention to you. And this is where a lot of dog owners fail with their training and a lot of training methods and ideology simply fails too, is when you're doing this, this all makes sense and it looks great. And it's kind of accomplishing your your real your goals you're like wow my dog's looking my dog's paying attention there's a loose leash my dog's engaged this is wonderful but then when you go out, and then when you realistically go into reality or you go into a separate environment and your dog finds one or two or three or four things that are more valuable than what's in your pocket that's where training starts because that's what's happening oh. to you is you're going around home depot with some treats and your dog saying this is great there's nothing else around that really matters to me you go outside you, you have a terrier mixed dog, sees the squirrel, sees the sprinkler, sees whatever. And this is like everyone's kind of deal. They see whatever they're, they find more valuable and then they take off after it. 
And then that's where your obedience comes in. But it's also where what you said, your correction comes in too. But your your um, relationship with your dog will be very frustrating. You can correct your dog all you want and it may work, but they're not going to know why they're being corrected. So it's not sustainable. And so I, I don't think that you're restarting or going back to the beginning. I think you're starting in general. I don't think you started yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. And I will say his motivation is if I could, if we're going through Home Depot or going through Lowe's, his motivation is more, I want to get to that person because they're going to scratch my butt. And people ask me permission. And I do, if he starts to pull, I make him sit before he, they approach each other because he absolutely loves Mm-hmm. people he's just a people dog so that's his motivation is to, to be good and get that person to just pay, pay attention to him is i like that's all i can think of just make him sit nicely first and not pull toward that person <laughs> but yeah. i've always got the prong collar on i pop it he kind of doesn't care uh-huh. <laughs> that's the problem is i have had to well, there's another, there's a dog in our neighborhood. One dog. He's never met the dog in person. It's, he, he can literally smell it a block away. And when I see his nose go up in the air and I look around and I don't see that dog and all of a sudden six or seven houses down, that dog is coming around the corner. I have to go the other direction because he wants to kill that dog. Mm-hmm. I've never seen, there's no other animal. And if I miss the dog, if I don't see it with this woman in time and I don't turn around and go the other way and they're across the street from each other, I've had to absolutely, you know, pull up with using the the prong collar and try to get out of there as fast as I can. All the while saying leave it. Now, that's the other thing we haven't we haven't learned to leave it. But all of a sudden that's is right in front of me and I've just done avoidance I watch I'm, I see if she's out with the dog and which isn't very often but um, that's the only thing I can think of and, and I suppose if you're saying obedience has to come first he's so worked up wanting to kill that dog yeah well I think it yeah, obedience definitely should come first. I think it's been really helpful for, for me and my clients, but you have to realize also to take into consideration that's going to be really helpful for you is you can't change personality. So if he wants to yeah. kill the squirrel, there's nothing anybody in the world can do to stop that. It's never going to happen. Yeah. But it, again, it's just like a kid in ice cream or a kid in Disneyland. You're never going to tell them that that's not an amazing experience and they want to get to it faster your job is to say, no, you got to heal. You got to walk nice. And that gives you advantage. And, and so, and that's where, again, dog owners, um, they don't have any misconception. They just don't have a conception of how it's supposed to work. And that's really what you should be doing is when you're out and you have a dog that instinctually wants to do X, Y, and Z, your job is to step back and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You're a dog that, you know, doesn't like other dogs or doesn't, you know, like squirrels or whatever. And your job is to tell them what to do. I need you to heal. I need you to walk nicely. But again, like if you go back in reference to the beginning, it's like your dog doesn't have heal. So the only thing that you can do is pull back, yank back, holler, scream, turn the other way, et cetera. And so that's why you're having such a hard time. And again, I, yeah. I, I want you to – It's a. this is a great thing for you as a dog owner because you haven't done the most basic fundamental thing yet to make it better. So, you know, if your dog sees that dog so that he doesn't like. So until we are, yeah, then, I mean, until he's, until we've done it, what, a thousand times, what do I do in the meantime? What, what I have done is turn, get away from the dog, go back the other direction, and, you know, first put him in a sit and, and keep him and just use the words, just heal, heal, and, you know, make him stay with me. And it literally, you can see the, the stress melt away because we're going the other way and the dog is gone and it's all over. And he flicks the switch and he's back in listening to me mode. Mm-hmm. 
I think so that's... the avoidance, I guess. I'm just going to have to do the avoidance. Well, I think right now that's the safest bet for you guys. Be- yeah. I would. Yeah. That's what I would recommend. Because it's like if, you, if you're if you not really great on a bike and you pedal up to this big hill, turn around and go, <laughs> go, go the other way so you don't get hurt. Don't go down that hill. Don't go down yeah. that hill. Because you're not ready. It's not because I can't ever do it. It's just you're not prepared for it. And that's it. And again, I think it's these are all good things for you to think about. It's like, oh, I haven't really started yet. And, and avoiding is a good thing right now because you're not prepared for it. So instead of going yeah. down the hill and getting hurt, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever. Um, yeah, just turn around and go the other way. Just it, it, I always say no training is better than bad training. I don't want you to get on this you know, this hill that you're not ready for because you're going to fail and you're going to come back and go, wow, that sucked. And now I'm, you know, maybe more frustrated than I was and yada, yada, yada. But that's, that's really what it comes down to is again, if, 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 if you're going out with the dog and, and they don't know what you want them to do, then yeah, it's just, it's that simple really. Um, you just have to start work and working and developing the heel command. And I think I'm past a slip lead. I've tried a slip lead. I have one, and he didn't seem to. Re- it's the response. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting the response. I so and honest to God, he. I don't know how I did this, but one time, probably three years ago, I got him to stop. You know, look at me. Come around the the side of me and come back to the heel position. And he can do that. <laughs> I mean, it's like what the hell he'll come around and do that and sit and we'll start over but then it's like okay now we're starting again we're we take another step and he's decided no i'd like to be two steps ahead so i i suppose then if i use the prong collar just give him a pop and and get him get him to look at me and give him a treat i mean what is the consequence for not staying not remaining in the heel position um yeah you can correct you can pop sure that works do that to see if it works and and if it if he doesn't care um just stop and just put him in a sit no i wouldn't i wouldn't get him i wouldn't put him into a sit um so so can you give me context of uh, like a situation, can you explain it to me? Like you're out with him, he pulls. Like what? What's the situation like? Like give me an example. He will. He will pull when we leave the house. I haven't even got him to stop at the door because of the way the door is. I, I and getting out through the screen and everything. I do let him go first, but he goes in front of me and he stops. He doesn't pull out from a door opening. You know, he's real good about that. So then we start on our walk, and. He, he would go a few different different directions. It's like the first 50 feet, he's a little too excited and he wants to, to get there. I don't let him pull, and he's usually good about not pulling. And then we'll continue, and, it, and it's like, oh, my God, he's being really good. He's staying right with me, and I'm doing the look and the focus and the treat. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go maybe another half a block away. And then there's this nice neighbor that absolutely adores him. And if he's out there outside working, you know, Buddy will want to pull immediately and go see that guy because he just loves that guy. So I told him, the guy, I said, look, I've, I've got to stop. I've got to make my dog sit and not charge at you, you know. But that doesn't, it's not perfect. That's that's another thing to, to work on with, with neighbors that want to see him and love on him is that he's got mm. to wait yeah. his turn while we're walking and you can't do that. Yeah, I would I what I would do is uh, if you don't have the heel, I would just do a sit and then a break. So you would have a threshold. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you would do like say you see the neighbor, you're out for a walk, you'd put him into a sit and then he'd have to be into that sit until you release him. And then after And then okay. Mm-hmm, yeah, and then the release That's the reward is to say the break and yep. and let him exactly. let him see him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As soon as he's like kind of like earn that or just in general, like if you don't want him, it's hard because if the na- it's hard because he's going to be amped up because the neighbors amping him up and he's amped up. And so it's not like, you know, the neighbors out there and he's like, Oh, Hey, and he's kind of getting him going. And your dog knows like, it's time to see this guy, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's inevitable, you know, cause some people will say, put him into a sit until he calms down. Well, he's not going to calm down when there's a 
yeah. treat dangling in front of his face like that yeah. guy, you yeah. know? So you just make him earn it a little bit. Hey, man, sit. Good. Hold it for five to ten seconds and then break. And then you could break him out. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. Okay. And basically, no e-collar. You know, I've kind of heard and I've I, there's a few trainers that are in your vein. And from what I gather, you do not. And I know the history of the e-collar. Of course, it used to be called the shot collar, but um, not not to use that kind of current from way. I should just stick with the prong or the slip lead while we're walking and um, not think that there's going to be any kind of training involved in using an e-collar as a... I hate to say, you know, use it as a as a correction tool. Yeah, well, I mean, the e collar. I mean, the e collars. Um, one of the biggest benefits of uh, one of the biggest benefits of using a remote collar is the ability to use it as a correction wirelessly. I mean, there's there's nothing else in the world that allows you to do it, which is why it's so impactful for dog owners to utilize because there's nothing else in the world that allows you to do that. So. Um, but the I'll only- go back and look at some, try to find some of your videos. I, I just haven't gotten that far to think, okay, how do I use the e-collar as part of a, um, as a part of a correction? So I, that's something I could try to learn. You can, but uh, the correction is only going to come from something the dog knows that they're doing wrong. So it's still, it's still, oh, yeah. oh. you're back to square one. Uh. Yep. So it's, it, you gotcha. know, it's, it's not, there's no easy way to do it. There's no, like, I just want my dog to stop pulling. That's just, if, if, if there was a way to do that, there wouldn't be a dog trainer in the world. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it, it's something yeah. that you have to put in the work to, to teach. You got an animal with a prey drive that wants to do certain things. I, I, okay. For an example, I was just outside and my cat caught a chipmunk. Chipmunk was alive. I was like, okay, I'm, I can't stop my cat from wanting to kill this chipmunk and eat it and then throw it up in my house later. <laughs> yeah. As gross as that is, yeah. I can't stop that. That's not going to happen. Been there, done that. You know how it is. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with your dog. It's like your dog is going to get excited and stimulated when he sees his friends or he sees a squirrel or whatever happens. And he's going to be like, oh, and he's, he's immediately going to plunge into this state of mind. And if you don't, you know, have that say, nope, you got to heal because once you correct a dog, like it's easier for the dog to fundamentally understand punishment for what they're doing rather than just correcting them randomly because they're not going to, it's not going to make sense to them. So it's the same thing with rewards. You know, if you're not, if you're just randomly like your dog goes out and does something and you pay them, they don't know why they're getting paid. So they're not going to learn sit. They're not going to learn down. It's the same thing with corrections. So you could absolutely, there's, there's a, there's a wonderful way to teach, uh, and, and, and enforce the heel command with the remote collar and using it as a punitive tool. Um, but again, your dog has to fundamentally know. And, and just to give you a quick little 30 second, um, breakdown is you would put the e-collar on and, and this is what's, you got to have the right e-collar first of all, um, because it, it, it's not going to work if you don't. But the dog goes out, and your dog has to know the behavior heel first, and you just replace the leash correction with the e-collar. So when the dog crosses your leg, you're going to be using the e-collar to enforce your heel. But again, like the e-collar is outside of dangerous behaviors, like you did with the first time when he ran away, chased the car. Yeah. The e-collar is just there to enforce and in some cases reinforce behaviors they already know. You're not going to use it to introduce anything new. So if they get, so if they get corrected after they crossed your leg, but they're like, what the heck was that? Like the best thing to do is do what we do with puppies is we, we teach them heal from step one all the way up. Um, and then after they know heal, so once you're, you know, it's just, again, it's just like with kids, it's just like with anything else. Like, you know, better, I've taught you way better. You do the, these are the things that you've learned. And so once you teach your dog heal fundamentally and you go out and you say heal, and then they blow past your leg cause they just can't contain themselves and they get corrected. 
they know why they're getting punished and they'll slide back into position. But if you just correct them out of context, that's where you can make things worse too, because they're uh-huh. do they're doing something that they whole heart, like again, my cat, I'm yelling. I was, I actually just went for like a cold plunge in my back. So I was in a towel running around my backyard. My dog's chasing me. I'm chasing the cat. I ended up, <laughs> if he doesn't know why he's getting chased and he thinks like, Hey buddy, I brought you a present and I don't want this chipmunk to <laughs> die because you know, if I, if I could help it anyway, I get the circle yeah. of life, but he's not dead yet. So I'm like, anyway, I saved the chipmunk. But my point is, is my my cat had no idea why he was getting yelled at and me chasing him down and grabbing him and trying to get it out of his mouth. He didn't know that that was bad, right? So yep. same thing with dogs. Like he crosses that. That's an instinctual thing. He crosses your leg. He chases after the sprinkler, the cat, the squirrel, the person, whatever. And you go bang and you correct him. That's where it can make things worse because he's yeah confused. Yeah. So you just yep. have to fundamentally from step one. It takes about a week and a half, two weeks at the most. And all you do is you go through different steps. So it'll be step one for, you know, pretty much like you're doing in um, Lowe's and Home Depot. Instead of the look and whatever else you're doing, you focus. I just say focus, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you. I would say focus, get him to look at me. Right. And that's a separate behavior because what'll end up happening is, is he could pull past you. You can say focus and he'll look back at you. Technically, that's. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. That's not that's not the right <laughs> reward. Yeah, it's not the right behavior you're asking him to do because he can look back and have his cake and eat it too. He's like, I'm going to look at you as I'm pulling. So what you want to do is just use your leash to teach him how to heal. And I have, I mean, I can go over it with you no problem. But I have a, a ton of free videos with dogs in my hands teaching it. But what you would do, the most important thing I would say about that is making sure that you incrementally build the heal. And what you would do okay. is you put them on your leash, you go into an, a, a semi-non-distracted environment, which you're already at that step. So there's, I have three levels that I like to tell people so they, we can understand things. So level one is basics, um, you know, minimal distraction to no distraction, basically training inside to teach a behavior like we would with a puppy. We would just teach them, hey, here's, here's how to do something Here's how to do something fundamentally. You're, I'm not going to ask you to jump through hoops yet. I'm not going to ask you to, to jump through fire. I'm just going to ask you, this is what sit, this is what heal is. So you do it at a very fundamental base level. And you would do that inside or, you know, in your Home Depot. Quiet. And okay. you do, this is where, like, you could use your prong collar as well. Um, but what you would do is you would put your dog on your left side and you'd say his name. You'd say, dog heal. You'd move forward and then you'd, the, the moment he like walked past your leg, you go, uh-uh, uh-huh. and you'd pop, pop and you'd, you correct. Uh, uh, okay. Uh-uh, yeah. Pop, yeah. So the moment that the dog's basically chest pops past your leg, I usually do like a warning, like Mark, I'm like, Hey, nope, you're about to get corrected. And then. You do that for a little bit, and after you get a good, like, solid opportunity or a good solid um, mm, reps, I guess, of the dog doing really uh-huh. well, then you would transfer it to medium environment. So you'd go longer distances with more distraction. So maybe in your driveway or, you know, maybe in your backyard. But um, as you develop that, that's what you would do. And then the third level would be the you know, around the other distractions. But the one thing I will say is when you're using the prong collar is it has to be fit properly. And I know the yep. type of dog you have is, is a little bit more difficult than having like a triple coated Husky or something that yeah. has something yeah. to grip on. So do you know, um, what gauge you have? There's like, I do. I've got the small gate. I've got the two and a half gauge and I've, I started okay, cool. hearing that use the use the three when you have a fluffy dog, use the smaller gauge when you've got a dog with no hair like mine. Yeah, I like, um, yeah. And then up high. Yep, yep. But I suppose the times that I've had to really physically pull on that, I've even got this uh, safety class, be, you know, is I don't know if he's conditioned or what, what's the word? He doesn't care. So the pop 
really doing anything. Yeah. If I'm walking in, in the pop, I guess maybe if I try just to start over and, and use the heel and the, when he wants to keep going and, and do the pop, I, I mean, I don't know because it's, he doesn't care. Yeah. And I of course have a good one. I've got the Herm Springer with the mm -hmm. soft, you know, the rounded tips. They're not sharp, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. if he were to, if he, if I needed to, that's why we walk only with the, with the, uh, the pinch collar, mm -hmm. because I, I don't trust that something dangerous happened. I have to, you know, be aggressive with it until I mean, I, I can't imagine him ever using, doing a leave it where he won't go eat that dead squirrel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I found out dead squirrels digest just fine. Thank you. <laughs> they come right out and you can't even tell that they ate a squirrel, but God, if it was poison and that's, that's mm -hmm. the part that scares me. Um, if it was something poison and, and I, and he doesn't know to leave it, Mm -hmm. So yeah, the other thing I would say, well, and I totally understand, you know what your what your um, roadmap is. It makes sense. I would absolutely suggest in the future doing some sort of remote collar work, mainly. Okay. But but one of the other big mistakes outside of fitting it is using the prong collar uh, incorrectly, and worst case scenario for the majority of people outside of outliers of people just being mean uh, it the worst case scenario is it just doesn't work so what happens is a dog like yours stronger uh dog mm -hmm. once they pull the prong engages so basically there's a triangle on the back of the hermspringer collar yeah that will m happen once the dog pulls and a lot of times once the dog's at that point and the pressure's already taut then you can't correct and that's exactly where mm -hmm. a lot of people find themselves I actually um, have a really, really, really good clip of it in my latest uh, full-length upload on my YouTube channel. Uh, we have a dog in okay. the lady. Uh, the lady's dog pulls towards um, a stuffed dog, and what she does is the, uh. do the dog gets to the end. So there's tension, like a lot of tension on the on the leash, and once the dog gets to the end of the leash, that triangle's there, and she just pulls the dog back, and that's 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 that doesn't correct the dog and then i take the leash or i know maybe i tell her to pop it instead and then the dog just sits down and stops it's an unbelievably wow. like it, exactly wow. exactly it's a but wow she's right wow next moment. to the dog right she is yes she's there but it's, it's that sec one second one and a half seconds mm -hmm. when they start to bolt yeah yeah and you got to stop the bolt so gotta i guess bolt. what you have she saw she or he or you hmm. you see the the bolt after the stuffed dog before it happens yeah <laughs> um yeah so once the dog gets once it's like mechanics do once the dog gets like pulls like in front of you and you're kind of like almost hanging on at that point there you have to come out with the leash and then snap back um you have to find leverage the only way to find leverage on a taut leash, or let's say the only way for a prong collar specifically, the only way to correct and have leverage is snapping the collar to make sure it's like, it's really just, that's what your, that's what a prong collar is. It just snaps the dog. It just get, it gets, yeah. it gets their attention. It snaps them out of the state of mind that they're in in order for them to regroup their thoughts. And so once the dog pulls forward and the dog's taut on the prong collar, uh, and of course, when you snap it too, it is physically a, a bit uncomfortable as well. That's kind of the point of a correction is to make it stressful so they don't do it again. That's the point of a correction. And so that's uh, that's what you would do. But when a dog pulls through it and you just – then you play tug of war. And that's where mm -hmm. if you have a dog that outpowers you, um, then that's where you do switch to the e-collar. And it's a beautiful thing to transition to. But the problem is for you specifically – is you're not going to be able to successfully do that because your dog doesn't fundamentally know what the heel is. And that's something that you just have to work on. Got to go back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I would yeah. Just... And I didn't want to try. Uh, I am, I am a little more lenient than I probably should be because I'm not young. <laughs> and I, and I think, okay, you have got to do this. You, you've got to, you know, do the walking correctly and the, getting him to and which I can see a, there's a big big change in 
because he's four and a half and I do this all the time. But now I'm 74 and I'm like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. And he has never walked with another person more than 15, 20 feet away from me. And that's going to be coming up is to start learning how to, um, even my daughter. Now we've been able to go together, walk together if she comes over. Um, but I have to be right there. Otherwise he just sits down on the ground and he won't move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause he's so attached and I mean, that, that's, a, that's for another time. Unless I drop dead, I'm, I'm okay. You know, if I'm the one that's <laughs> going to be walking oh, shit, if I'm the one, I mean, this was not my choice, believe me, to get a, let alone a, a pit bull, a, a two week old pit bull that got pneumonia. And I even won one of your hats at three and a half, four, almost four years ago when he was a baby, I won one of your hats. So, nice. you know, I, I just need to get in there and follow and, and watch how to do these things. And like you said, start from the beginning, I've got to start over. Um, because that'll teach him that there's a, a behavior or what do you call it? A, a trick, you know, a thing to learn how to do, um, to do a heel, a, a good heel mm-hmm. and get, I'm assuming then get rewarded for it. Just do the good heel, good heel and give him a little treat. <clears throat> well, it's, it's part of when that. He yeah. Does it. Part of it is the dog getting paid for healing. That's, that's the fun. Like anything else, like you know, any, literally anything in life is like to learn how to do it right, so it, it's it's comfortable and it's wonderful and everything's good. Rainbows, butterflies, great, but we don't live in that world. So the moment he decides to not do that, that's where the the correction comes in. But it's more also about your again, like your timing. So when you're, uh, yeah. you got to have that timing in. So, um, yeah. So I have a couple of videos I'll I'll send you in particular that I think will be oh, really helpful. But um, the other thing I would just say is it's, it's, it's more about like your relationship and your, your, your frustration with your dog will get better too because you're not yanking and cranking and trying to get him to do stuff he doesn't know how to do. So it's, it's, it's about him, yes, not getting – or him getting rewarded, but it's also him learning. That way you're not out there frustrated all the time because, again, yeah. the personalities, he's never going to not want to do those things. Like my cat's not going to want to go chase chipmunk around like I just did 30 minutes ago. That's not going to happen, but um, if I can, you know, he I, cats are a little bit different. You know, we're we're not out walking with them, bringing them to walks and cafes and down the road, and they can understand things better. And so, um, anyway, that's that's the yeah. thing for you is you just have to start training. I don't think you have to reset. I just don't think you've done the right path yet. And then once right. you once you get good at it, then you know maybe the e collar would come in later. Yeah, it's the consistency. Uh, following, following through and doing that. So, yeah, you. yeah, it's just starting. You're starting right. I have to start over. Yeah, and I suppose if I had been 20 years younger and and this puppy came my way, um, I would be better too. So I I know I I say to my I can hear myself saying, Oh God, you're just you're tired. You're just letting him get away. You're letting him get away with stuff. And once he gets away with stuff, um, then that behavior is like, oh, hey, she didn't get mad at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. <sighs> I, I know this. Yeah, and I, and I also just think, again, it's, it's he, in your head, you, like in your head, you're, you're thinking he's getting away with stuff. And he is. But to him, like from an outside perspective, is he's just – He's just being a dog. He doesn't, none of the things, in, in my opinion anyway, from an outside perspective, it seems like if you say he's, if somebody or something in this case is getting away with something, that, that means they're being like mischievous and sneaky about something. But the reality yeah, is, is he's just, he's, be, not. he's just being a dog. <laughs> just, yeah, just being a dog. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to, I have a, I want to kill, like I my cat. Like, I just want to kill this. I want to chase this. This is fun for me. And then you're, and it's just, and it, it literally, it's the same exact thing as, as being a parent. My kid wants to put my kid wants to walk to the airport and put everything in his mouth. Why? Because he's a kid. That's what they do. My job <laughs> yeah. is to correct that. Nope. 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 Dirty. Yuck. Gross. Sick. Ugh, you know. That's my job. So he's not he's not being a bad kid and being naughty and all these things. He's just being a kid, and, and that's what dogs are doing too. And that's our job 
as dog owners and as dog parents, if you will, is to teach and, and help navigate our dog through life. And it's inevitable for them to make mistakes and for us to be frustrated and for things to be, you know, not, not a walk in a park because that's life. And it's the same thing again with kids and with people in general in life. It's just our job is to help them with the quickest and most efficient way possible for them to learn, which is, you know, what, what we're talking about here. Yeah. And I would say that my dog has learned, I think from watching your videos, the, <laughs> that's that word just saying, uh, uh-uh, Mm-hmm. You know, that gets his attention, snaps him out of it. But then I guess I think, well, then two minutes later, he's doing it. He's doing something again. Right. And it's like, well, when do, and then I guess I say no again or whatever. It's like, you know, I said, no, you know, no, or uh, uh-uh, or whatever I would do, whatever the thing is. It's like, well, he's not learning to listen to the whatever it is so i i guess i just need to pay more attention exactly. to the going back to the very beginning mm-hmm. and get that heel perfected before yeah. i worry about the other things right because you're ah 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 like they don't they don't know i do that with my son right now because he's one and he does i can't talk to him yet once yeah. he knows <laughs> he's not supposed to lick shoes and X, Y, and Z. Okay, it's... so then he walks up and he licks a shoe. You just told him <laughs> exactly. no, and then so then what's the next thing? Well, the well again because I can't teach him. Like the it. correction, the correction comes in then, um, and that's where if if your dog is constantly like there's two there's a pathway there's a typical common pathway of if your dog is continuing behaviors that you don't want him to do is a your correction isn't sustainable so the accountability part is so the punishment system isn't in place why 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 wouldn't every why doesn't everybody want to rob a bank it's because it's illegal and you get in a lot of trouble and it's stressful and it's bad and blah 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 um, but you know that that and then the other thing is is just they just need to know the difference between right and wrong your dog doesn't know either of those things right yet like the correction you're doing probably isn't effective because he's already pulling and then they, they don't know why they're getting corrected which is an absolute recipe for exactly the dog that you have okay it makes a it makes so much sense like to me um like from a diagnostic if you will standpoint where like uh, if, if you went to a doctor and like hey i did x y and z and you're like okay this is what you have that makes sense this this is you know the sickness you got or the illness you have or whatever or if you didn't stretch and you lifted all this weight yep you pulled something yep it makes sense to me it all makes sense is you're you haven't taught your dog how to heal so they're pulling all the time and the correction that you're doing even though your dog doesn't know it isn't working so it makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. I've got to get that correction part. Um, and when he doesn't care because he has pulled with the prong collar and the correction is a flick, it's like, okay. you, yeah, and you got to time it too. Yeah, flick all you want. I yeah. know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and you got to time it too because the other thing is, is, is the correction isn't supposed to come when the dog is pulling. The correction is supposed to come the moment before the dog pulls or, or, the moment that they start to pull once they're already okay. engaged and in front of you it's gone it's over and again that's what everyone does they they're like hey the correction isn't working i i have very rarely in my life of working with thousands of dogs all over the world have found a dog not to care about a prong collar correction that's administered properly very very rarely very rarely because if he's two feet out in front of me it's not going to work it's over it's so done if he's already doesn't at work. the heel position yeah if he's always directly below my arm then the pop should work. Yep. Oh yep. God. <laughs> but if he isn't, okay. if he is in front of you, the pop will never work. Never work. Won't work. Right. right. So that. So again, it's like, oh, it makes sense. So that's what I'm saying. Is a lot of dog Turn owners, with the heel. they, they have these problems, and I'm like, yep. All of the thing, all the problems and things you're frustrated with is supposed to be happening for what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. I got it. I got a. And I, and I know, I know I'm a lot of the problem. So it's like when we, when the things go right, I really reward him. And I guess going back to the basic heel is going to be something that we're going to have to work on. Yeah. Well, that's your problem. That's your problem. My dog pulls down the road, but my dog doesn't know heel. So it's not, it's not like to to me, it's like, that's what we, that's what we have to work on. It's just the thing 
that's that's what you should work on. That's the basic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the most. It's like my dog doesn't come back. How much time have you spent on recall? I haven't. Okay. Then your dog shouldn't come back. That's it. Yeah. Okay. I got it. <laughs> I like I said. I I have um couple pieces of uh, information I'm going to send you via email. Oh, yeah. yeah. Send, did, you, did you, you've got my, yeah, you've got my email because I've been getting the messages. Great. Yeah. So okay. I'm going to send it to you. Uh, and that's going to be helpful right. for you to reinforce things because um, if I'm a visual learner myself. So if I can show you, this is the prong, like I'm going to send you a prong collar video that goes over like everything, okay. all the mechanics, the corrections, etc. Some of the stuff you already know, okay. like the fitting and everything. Um, and then the other video is going to be just about how to stop a dog from pulling in general. Okay. Yeah. Good. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, good luck with everything. Okay. Thank you, Tom, very much. You're I welcome. appreciate it. No problem. Have a Thanks. good day. Bye-bye. All right, bye. uh, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast, which means I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. First one comes for the love of dogs, in New York. Tom is always so informative and clear about how the best approach to handle problems with your dog. My pup Roxy and I have been listening to Tom for a while now. I've been working on our leash reactivity. We practice thresholds, loose leash walking, um, breaks, pee and poop sniffs. She's as good as other dogs to keep her distance. My question is, why does she shy away from the leash and harness when I take it out? And why does she always wince when I put the prong collar on her? Should I... So if your your dog is doing any of these things, um, like if your dog doesn't like the harness, your dog doesn't like the prong collar, uh, your dog's you know probably sensitive. Uh, that's that's definitely something. Um, um, yeah, it, it just sort of sounds like she's shying away from equipment. Uh, so something more I can do to build more positive association. I would just put it on more often. So put the prong on, let her run around the house. Put the harness on, let her run around the house. Once it's on, she's happy and excited to go out. But the moment leading up puts anxiety to her i've seen that with a couple different dogs regardless of what equipment you're using but my suggestion is put the equipment on let them go run around the house um i don't know it could just be emotions it could be anxiety leading up to that point um um yeah because if they they're they're doing it with multiple pieces of equipment i just think it's just the idea of like putting stuff on and maybe your dog's sensitivity so yep that's the first thing i would do is desensitize it uh put it on let your dog just run around and see what happens after that. Uh, let me know how that works, but that's what I would do. That way you're not, you know, making it a big deal for her because obviously she's a little sensitive to things. Uh, next one comes from Nacho Grande, 88. Hi, Tom. Love the way you teach. Um, so thankful for all you do. I have two dogs. My three-year-old Bernadoodle attacks my 11-year-old Terrier without warning over treats, chipmunks in her yard, or attention or affection. It started when my Bernadoodle was one and a half. So you're three-year-old Bernadoodle attacks your 11-year-old Terrier. That got resolved with behavior modification and lots of obedience training, but now we are at a point where I find it hard to prevent these other triggers. My Bernadoodle has basic obedience sound, but still struggle to get her full attention when there are distractions. My two dogs get get along otherwise. They don't play, but they coexist calmly. How to prevent these fights between them? Well, it sounds like there's no triggers. So if you have, and again, I would need probably a a more you know bigger context on this but let's say you have two dogs that don't get along and there's no triggers they just randomly kind of go after each other um that's just how some things go um you're just i don't know i'd I'd really like to i I would hire a trainer if you haven't uh i'd like to talk to you as well um so hiring a session with me would be great to go over this in context because it just seems to me from this question is you have a dog that's attacking another dog without warning zero triggers just doing it there's really nothing you can do other than keeping them separate more often the only thing i would suggest is just making sure your burner doodle has enough physical and mental exercise dogs who have been pent up for whatever reason they're not getting enough exercise uh can lash out at other dogs they can get frustrated just like people can um so that would be my recommendation other than the fact like no triggers no warnings they just lash out keeping them separated more often um to eliminate their because that's the only other way to completely separate it is to have them separated or completely stop it is to have them separated um so that would be my recommendation on that um yeah so lots of exercise because if you're not if your dog isn't getting 
enough exercise, uh, then that's a problem. That's a big problem. Um, that's that could be potentially why your dog is frustrated, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, and again, I'd like to talk to you about, oops, sorry. I'd like to talk to you about that more in depth, but uh, yeah. All right, you guys. Can't wait to see you in Australia. Love you guys so much. Talk to you Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this. We'll talk to you. Talk to you next episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 